This is Apostle James Podcast, transfiguring the world by the Word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Remain watchful and pay attention as we dive into what the Lord has for us today. Good day and welcome to my podcast. I am your regular host, the Lord's Brother Apostle James Sokpabe, transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Hallelujah. As always, that is our business. Thank you for being part of us in all this that we are doing. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the ritual of the Holy Communion and I'm going to take it from 1 John chapter 5, verse 8. And it says, And there are three that bear witness in earth the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. I want to tell you that as you listen to this, the communion is a very powerful element of our faith, the ritual of the Holy Communion, to drink of the blood of Christ. You know, the Bible says that some people drink it unworthily and therefore they sleep. I'm not going to get into that detailed exposition on what it meant to drink unworthily, but I'm going to explain the ritual of the holy communion the ritual of the water and the blood first john chapter 5 verse 8 and there are three that bear witness in earth the spirit and the water and the blood and these three agree in one you can use this as a liturgy you can use it and then perform communion for your life for your family for the church this is an apostolic rendition of this hallelujah when you look at this scripture It says here, and there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. This scripture is not talking about the trinity of the persons of the Godhead. He said the spirit, the water and the blood. It's not the trinity of the persons of the Godhead. No, people have mistaken this to be the trinity of the persons of the Godhead. No, this one does not talk about the trinity of the persons of the Godhead. Unlike what you find in verse 7. But the functions of the Holy Spirit and the elemental instruments of salvation. He's talking about the function of the Holy Spirit and then the elemental instrument of salvation. He said that the three bear witness in earth. They are living entities. The Spirit is a living entity. The water is a living entity. The blood is a living entity. Of course, you know that in Hebrew, the Bible talks about that, uh, you know, the blood which is new uh, you come through the new and the living way which he made by his blood right so the water is obviously the word of god when you hear about this the water is obviously the word of god john chapter 3 verse 5 ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 as well as literal water baptism the blood is the sacrifice of jesus represented by the communion drink Luke chapter 22 verse 20, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16. The spirit, the water and the blood are living spiritual entities given by the Lord to assist us in bearing witness, which is our primary calling. John chapter 15 verse 26 and 27, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Acts chapter 3 verse 15, Acts chapter 5 verse 32, chapter 4 verse 20, verse 23, Acts chapter 5 verse 32, Acts chapter 10 verse 39, Acts chapter 13, 31, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. The blood, water, spirit enable us in bearing witness. This means that we will be very balanced 
effective and powerful witnesses when we consciously use these three living spiritual witnesses that agree in one. When we use the spirit, we use the water, we use the blood. So we need to know how to use them and we'll be effective witnesses. We'll be effective witnesses applying them. Also, that the three agree in one has great practical and doctrinal implication because both the water and the blood are used ritualistically in water baptism and the Holy Communion to witness Christ in the New Testament. Hence, their use must agree with the Spirit. The two are the only rituals of the New Testament. Water baptism and the Holy Communion are the only two rituals of the New Testament. Truly speaking, the only two rituals of the New Testament worship are water baptism and the Holy Communion. They are the only types and shadows of the Lord commanded to be practiced by the church. Jesus came literally by water and blood. John chapter 19 verse 34 tells us that when the soldier pierced the side of Jesus, the blood and water, you know, gushed out. So Jesus came literally by water and blood and typified biblically by water, the word of the word and baptism and blood, the holy communion, communion of his blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16. Hence, both the water and the blood represent his death on the cross, which are exactly the true meanings of both water baptism and communion of the blood of Jesus. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 to 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 26. However, in whatever form the church practices these rituals, they must agree with the Spirit. The people were already conversant with the Holy Spirit. Hence, the Spirit would balance them out and ensure that they did not deviate into unnecessary mysticisms in the bid to practice the only two commanded rituals of our faith. Are you getting it? Of course, many, many, many slept, many died when they, they drank the blood unworthily. So the practice of water baptism must agree with the Spirit, and the practice of the Holy Communion must agree with the Spirit. You know, as important as water baptism is, it does not empower, rather it is a pledge of conscience towards God. First Peter chapter 3 verse 21 tells us that. It's also the open identification acceptance of divine judgment on sins. It's an identification with the death and resurrection of Jesus as victory over sin, open declaration of belief of the heart in the Lord, and the ritual of initiation into the mystery of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Lord not only commanded the ritualistic initiation of the believer into all the three persons of the God by baptisms, Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, Acts chapter 1 verse 5, but also promised their progressive unification, promised our progressive unification in the obedient believers as we are obedient. God the Father is the last to come into the believer. If you read John chapter 14 very well from verse 14 to verse 23, the water baptism and the spirit must agree. In other words, he that is to be baptized in water must also believe in the spirit. And the baptism in water or any use of water symbolically must never negate the operations and doctrines of the spirit. How about the practice of the communion of the blood? It must also agree with the spirit. That's what it says. These three must agree in one. So like what the practice of the communion of the blood of Christ you know, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, 28, Luke chapter 22, 19 to 20, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, 46, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 to 24, must agree with the word of God and principles of baptism, as well as the person and oppression of the Holy Spirit. 
All these are divine checks and balances to stem us from deviating to occultism in the name of the practice of Christ. The fact that both the water and the blood must agree with the spirit means that the spirit is the key to knowing what are the right or wrong rituals of worship. This is why the apostle emphasized this. Unfortunately, many do not know the spirit and the greater members of the church do not have the Holy Ghost dwelling in their lives. So they don't understand when they, when they are being taken into occult. That's why he said that this thing must agree with the spirit. Whatever the ritualistic practice in the New Testament must agree with the spirit. And there are only ritualistic practice because it's elemental use, the water and the blood. So it is difficult for individuals to know by the spirit what are the right and wrong practices if they don't have the spirit, if they're not baptized with the Holy Ghost. This immensely troublesome of us, whom the Lord calls with universal minds of, for his church in this dispensation, the sixth generation church that should usher the seventh and eternal church age. We do not know how many more years or thousands of years remain of this church age, but the two rituals of our faith, water baptism and communion of the blood of Christ must agree with the spirit and these three on earth must agree with the three divine members of the Godhead in heaven the Father, the Word and the Holy Ghost that one is the trinity of the Godhead, praise God now let's look at the rituals of the communion this is going to help you amen, when you talk about ritual you see me using ritual because when you talk about holy communion holy communion is a ritual it's a ritual of the faith. It's a ritual. Because you are going to bring, you bring water. You mix it. You bring wine. Or you buy wine. And you typify that wine. This is the only type you have in the New Testament. And water. Amen. When you talk about ritual, ritual is a rite. Ceremonial acts. Or repeated set of actions or worship. Water baptism and the Holy Communion are the only two ceremonies instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ for the affirmation and renewal of faith in his finished work of propitiation for sins, respectively. Why water baptism is a once-in-a-lifetime ritualistic affirmation of our faith? The Holy Communion is a continual practice for the renewal of our faith in the sacrifice of Christ. As often as we do it, we remember the lost death, the death of Christ, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ was the completion of all necessary Levitical rituals and demanded by God for his people through Moses and Aaron. Therefore, when we practice the Holy Communion of eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood, represented by the bread and the wine, we fulfill all the Levitical demands of sacrifices by God for our sins and reaffirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Amen. So that is the introduction to this. So when next you are practicing Holy Communion, understand that you are fulfilling all the rituals of the Levitical order. So that is one. That is why the communion is very powerful. And that is why if you are still living in sin and drinking it, then those things will come upon us. Do you understand it? Amen. So as you take the element of the communion wherever you are, as you take the element of the communion, know that you are taking the fulfillment of all rituals for sin. You are taking the, all, the, all the sacrifices. You are fulfilling all the sacrifices. That's why it's very powerful right now. So when you take it, all the blessings of forgiveness, all the blessings of and miracles that follow it will come upon your life. Hallelujah. 
I'll let you to go ahead and take it. In subsequent editions, we're going to give the liturgy, and in subsequent editions, we're going to bring the breaking of conf- the breaking of courses. If you go to our uh, episode number forty-six or so, you will see invocation of blessing is part of this. Try and get back to number forty-six. You will see the invocation of blessing. Subsequent podcast will bring across the breaking of courses. But right now, as you take this communion, I promise you the miracle of God is coming upon your head. In Jesus' name. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check us out online via Apostle James Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, and everywhere podcasts are available. Thank you for your support. Be blessed and have an awesome day. We will see you next time on Apostle James Podcast.